behind the scenes at the STEM Humanities Academic World, to all levels. First off, let's define STEM and Humanities. STEM is an acronym that stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics. And as some people like to say, Humanities comprehend all the rest. But their main areas or branches are languages, the arts, literature, philosophy, religion, and history. In today's balloon cast episode, I have the honor to receive three lovely ladies who have something in common. They're all PhD candidates or doctoral students. However, their alma mater is different and their PhD programs also belong to different academic scopes. Having said that, Carissa is in humanities. Bruna and Natalia are in STEM. We are addressing their academic routine and challenges in addition to establishing comparisons as to bring together these two major areas of knowledge. Girls, welcome and thank you for accepting the invitation. Hello, Fabi. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me here and nice to meet you girls, Natalia and Bruna. A pleasure to be here. Hi, Fabian Gross. Nice to meet you, Clarissa. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and being part of this Balloncast episode. Hello, girls. And nice to meet you, Clarissa. The honor is mine to have this moment with you. Oh, fantastic. Well, Natalia and Bruna attend the same program, so they are classmates. And then let's say that here, Clarice or Clarissa is the new kid on the block. <laughs> now let's understand, <laughs> let's understand how. Ladies, are you ready for some questions? Yes. Yes, bring it on. Okay. So the first one. And first off, can you introduce yourselves and share with our audience some relevant information about your PhD programs, your alma mater, as well as your areas of study and research? Of course. Well, I am Bruna and I am a civil engineer. However, I've never done any actual work in the area. And right after undergraduation, I joined a master's degree program in industrial engineering at Federal University of Rio Grande do Sul in Southern Brazil. Uh, thus, uh, I have a master's degree and currently I am a PhD candidate at the same university in the same program, uh, and I have a part-time job as an industrial management consultant. One of my areas of study is lean production, which is also the area of my consultancy job. Uh, well, firstly, I'm Natalia, and I'm an architect. I have a master's in civil engineering, and now I am, I am a second-year PhD candidate in civil engineering as well. And all these courses have been taken at URGIS also. Uh, my research areas of interest are healthcare facilities concerning the built environment and the resilience performance of healthcare workers, especially in ICUs. And also I am exploring the use of some technological approaches. I'm Clarissa, I'm an English teacher. I work at Go Ahead. <laughs> And I'm also a PhD candidate in uh, at Unicinos, São Leopoldo. Uh, as I live in Pelotas, I've taken my master's degree uh, here in my hometown. I studied in UFPEL, uh, 
linguistics more specifically. And now I'm taking a applied linguistics PhD focused on learning and teaching languages. Mm, fantastic. It's a pleasure to have you as a colleague, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> and ladies, I'm pretty sure our audience is curious about your routine of studies. Can you describe it? For example, how many hours a week do you have to study or that you do some actual study? How many classes or lectures to attend or to teach? The usual tasks you have to complete, etc. My routine is very because I work every week uh, and I have a very, I don't, I don't know, very uh, unpredictable routine of classes. Sometimes I teach in the morning, sometimes I teach at night or in the afternoon, but usually ha I have the afternoons uh, to study for my PhD, to write, to read. So I try to read, write at least one hour, half an hour a day. Uh, including weekends, and uh, I use all the time I have available because I don't know if I'll have this time available tomorrow. Um, I am a scholarship holder, so I need to do a lot of other tasks uh, for the program, like attending meetings, attending seminars, participating in my classmates' um, boards or presentations in general. So uh, it's really hard sometimes to manage everything, you know, but I try my best. To well, juggle it, not easy. Uh, no, not at all. You know, you know it. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. Know. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm also a scholarship holder, but my daily routine is actually more flexible. Um, I don't need to prove how many hours I work. So I organize my schedule according to regular meetings, classes both to attend and to teach, and data collection of the study for the thesis and so on. And besides these permanent appointments, let's say, I have to focus on writing the papers, the papers for, for the thesis and other papers, uh, which takes me a lot of time and this time is not always uh, measurable. And it includes uh, weekends and holidays. So I'm about to say that PhD students tend to work more than the general working hours. Okay. That's right. Um, I agree with Nachi. My study routine uh, is also flexible, but we study on the weekends too. So. Uh, it's hard sometimes uh, and besides the permanent appointments such as lectures to teach and to assist and formal meetings now i have now uh, i am specifically focused on writing the thesis now and uh, since one great part of my data collection is finished uh, i i my hours is on the writing now uh, the writing is also uh, all in English. So I have to say that co-head classes are helping me and helping Natalia a lot with that, especially yeah. Fabi. Oh, I love yes. you, girl. Needless to say, Perfectly. That, you know, <laughs> I love you. 
<laughs> and I have the goose gum, the, the goosebumps. I didn't expect this. I got even a bit nervous. <laughs> I love, love, you too. Uh, love you to audience that was not on the script. Okay, so that's why we are acting silly. <laughs> Okay, ladies, so you've mentioned something important, which is flexibility, and it has to do with our next question, which is, what are the strong points and also the downside of your programs? I mean, the pros and cons that you see. Okay, uh, the professors in our program have strong connections abroad, which provide us with a worldwide research network. And also the support to publish our papers in high-impact journals and also international conferences. Uh, I think also there is a current uh, effort to bridge the gap between academia and the work market. But I think it could be enhanced in order to improve the social acknowledgement regarding science, especially, especially here in, in our country. Mm-hmm. And I have to add um, to what Natalia just said that uh, I think that on the opposite side, STEM acad academia could contribute a lot more for the development of practical solutions for companies. Uh, actually, the URGIS industrial department make this effort, but I think that the connection between academia and companies could be even closer. I, I couldn't agree more. I think this is something that in Brazil is still, it doesn't happen as often and it's not as common as it should be because universities, because it is so focused on research, like a university could provide, and I'm pretty sure that a good university is, has, you know, all the means of providing great solutions for companies, right? Yeah. Yes. I yes. agree. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, ladies, you, you've talked a lot so far about writing and thesis and, uh, you know, all this effort that you put on writing your thesis. So we can say that writing is like the backbone of your programs. So having said that, I'm pretty sure that you must have heard the, you know, famous academic phrase, publish or perish. How does it apply to your areas of study? Is there a lot of pressure? I like to pick your brains. To my area of studies, uh, applied linguistics specifically, it's it applies 100%. You know, uh, as I mentioned before, I'm I'm scholarship holder, so I I have to. It's not an option, writing or not, or publishing or not. I have to publish in order to be being able to finalize or to finish my my PhD uh, studies to present my thesis. I cannot go through the end without publications. So it's very hard because you have to write, you have to have something to write, something interesting enough to the journals accepting. And also, uh, usually uh, high impact journals, they demand a doctor, a real doctor, let's say, with you as a co-author or something. You mean you mean a doctor, professor? A professor, doctor. doctor yes. So. Oh, I'm sorry. There are dogs here in the house and firework outside, so it's a terrible combination. Sorry, audience. It's okay. She agrees with me. You know, it's hard, right? Yeah, yes. they agree. Publish or perish. They they agree with you. Yeah, they're always concerned about this demand. She's giving her opinion. 
So I'm cu currently perishing to write a few articles to publish, uh, hopefully. So it, it's I, I, I think it's hard. I, I, I think probably the girls who agree with me it, uh, shouldn't be so different in a STEM area, I, I, I imagine. No, no, it's not so different. I agree with Clarissa. In my PhD program, for example, being a scholarship or not, uh, we have to publish an A-paper until the end of the fourth year. And uh, in order to present our thesis to the board. So uh, if don't, we, we cannot uh, present our thesis to the board. Uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt, can you explain uh, what is an A paper? It's not, it's not only in terms of, it's not a mark, it's not a grade, right? So what is an A paper? No, no, it's a, uh, it's a uh, how can I say? It's the kind of journal, uh, right? It is the rate. Yes, it's the kind of journal. Yes, is the, the best journals uh, are, are A. Uh -huh. So we call it uh, an A paper. I see. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Uh, and it sounds like a lot of time, uh, four years, but actually it's a pretty difficult. Uh, and I've met a lot of people who gave up uh, or couldn't publish the deadline. Yes, and Frida agrees with me. <laughs> there are fireworks outside. I don't know what people are celebrating today. She's pissed too. She's pissed too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and meet the deadline, it's harsh uh, sometimes. Uh, and many people uh, actually were dismissed from the program yes. uh, already. So it's yeah. not so easy. Yeah. It's not only in terms of the difficulty per se, in terms of writing, but also it usually takes time from the journals to analyze and get back to you with an, you yeah. know, with an answer saying yes or no, thumbs up or down for the publication. So this is something that yeah. also gets a lot in the way. Yes, and mm -hmm. I am sure that all this applies to almost all areas of studies. These things about the pressure and to pub to publicate and to publish. And uh, in for in my case, for example, uh, and also for humanities, I think uh, we have to deliver a balance of their production of our production by the end of the year, which involves mainly papers and presentations. Uh, so besides uh, the regular work of a professor, scientific investigation is a compromise we have to make early in the academic career. So yes, we have a lot of pressure, even implicit, to publish and to be well-connected. And uh, also currently there is a trend to write paper-based uh, paper theses and dissertations, which reinforce this discussion even more. Mm -hmm. Yes, fantastic, ladies. Although, although the situation is not fantastic, but your answers were fantastic. Okay. Now, speaking of publishing and writing the thesis, what are your expectations towards the end of your program? Also, what are your future plans after getting your degrees? Besides celebrating and having, you know, a uh, a binge drinking and other, you know, fun things to do. <laughs> Celebrating. Yes. Celebrating. 
uh, well, uh, the great product of my thesis will be a serious game uh, aimed at developing awareness and, le and leadership competences for the management of resilience in lean production systems. Uh, so I expect to design this game and test it in industry in the industries uh, such as healthcare and manufacturing until the end of my program, of course. Uh, and after getting my degree, I plan to continue working with consultancy. Uh, this is something that I love um, and have the opportunity to contribute with companies uh, from the most diverse areas is is it's a pleasure to me. Okay, uh, these are tough questions. Uh, I pictured the end of my PhD course achieving what I've set out to investigate now, and I'm not sure whether I will confirm the hypothesis, if I will positively confirm the hypothesis I'm building, as well as if the final artifact Artifact that I am uh, developing now will really work uh, in the future. I can say that I'm doing my best toward these goals. And since the final year of my PhD will be taken in Sydney by means of an international partnership with Macquarie University and URGIS, I'm still a bit afraid to say that fruitful plans can be constructed there. At least I truly hope so. And finger cross it. Yes, of course. And eventually, if you like, if you don't manage to like to prove your hypothesis, you will come to confirm your hypothesis. Actually, you confirm that your hypothesis is not confirmed. Yes. So in the end, you have a confirmation. I will have an answer <laughs> for the problem, at least. Yes. Yes. Something something will be will be answered for sure. Yes. Yes, as I'm from humanities, usually in this area we don't search for right answers. Let's say we go, we look further to the development and process itself. So I don't expect, I don't know if I will get answers exactly, but I expect to shed some light in the importance of studying about learning uh, and, uh, and teaching as well and how important it is to look at the individuals, because I study individual differences in uh, learning languages, and to see how, how much, uh, how important it is to pay attention in the human beings we have as uh, uh, research tools, let's say, in the process, how, how the process is much more important than the product. That's my biggest concern now. I don't have any plans, actually. My only plan is surviving and finishing right now. So next year, maybe I'll have a better answer than that. Like, ah, and now I have many plans. And, but right now, I'm just worried about that. Like, am I be able to finish this, you know? Yeah, providing that you keep working with us, whatever you know, other things you do, I really don't. I, I really don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Just go ahead, but continue going ahead with us. That's for sure. That's the only plan that is right in my life is that I'm, I will continue working and go ahead. The rest of my life, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's, that's an emotional day to me. You want to give me a heart attack until the end of the interview. Okay, ladies. 
<laughs> now a final question to wrap up our our chat here today, which has been a great delight. Uh, broadly speaking, some people might think that STEM and humanities oppose or even disdain one another, which we know it's far from being true. Um, why do STEM majors need the humanities and vice versa? What are your feelings about this? I think the boundaries that used to separate those areas, all the areas actually in general, they are getting more, getting more and more uh, broken down, let's say. They're disappearing as science yeah, progresses. Or, or at least getting narrower and narrower. Yes, exactly, exactly. So for, as for instance, my research, even though I study language learning and teaching, I study individual differences, the theory that I use as a support for my thesis is complexity theory, which is from physics, from biology. So, oh my God, <laughs> complexity too. Yes, I, I study. <laughs> we are together, sister. <laughs> complexity. So. So this is this, is, this is actually what far from being true means. You see, you are, you know, working on totally different areas, but having something really powerful in common. Mm -hmm. yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think there are many uh, places of conversation, let's say, that we can picture between those those areas. Uh, we can learn from STEM how to be more objective, maybe how to be how to look at numbers in a different way, how to use statistics for, for hu human uh, data. And I think from humanities, we can learn, the STEM areas can learn how to look, how not forget about the human beings behind. So just look right? at the soft side. Yes, exactly. So actually, we're all those things are together. So. We cannot ignore any any of those aspects, and I've been learning this through my all PhD studies. You know, yes, definitely, Fantastic. it's a global effort that must be faced by the academic sector. Fortunately, I feel that the words uh, today's word has been leaving behind the idea of fragmented knowledge about specific fields, because. Uh, if you think that the knowledge is multidisciplinary in itself, life is multidisciplinary. And I'm glad to be involved in research that tried, tries to gather uh, theoretical foundations and abilities from humanities to encounter resilient, uh, uh, sorry, engineering research uh, with points such as resilience, ergonomics, and complexity. So we have uh, talking about overlapping areas here so we need soft and hard skills so yes mm -hmm. we surely have a lot to learn uh with uh, each other and we yeah. i bet i bet we can uh, overcome this uh prejudice of uh humanities and skin if we work collaboratively in order to reach higher purpose that's what yeah. I also, I think we have to remember, for example, the girls mentioned a lot of appliances towards their uh, research results. And linguistics, for example, there are a lot of appliances, maybe different ones. But yes, we research to get impact in the society as well. 
So I think we, that's something that we can learn from STEMs because this is, it seems to be very certain in this area. People expect some kind of result and appliance, but this also happens in humanities. If you pay attention, the results are there. So I think this is something that people can learn from both, both areas actually, you know. So roughly speaking, you need STEM to, let's say, to understand and to crunch the numbers, and you need language to write about yes, the numbers. Exactly. <laughs> yes. yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. In healthcare sector, for example, that's a concern uh, to use mixed methods approach with STEM and with humanities uh, all together uh, to gain straight in the research and to provide uh, some answers for healthcare, some practical answers too, so Fantas that's very important. Fantastic, ladies. Well, bottom line is STEM and humanities are like secret friends in the education world, and human knowledge and intellectual growth pretty much depend on this claim that STEM and humanities must always coexist, right? Yeah. Yes, right. right. And girls, thanks once more for your time and graceful participation. Sorry about the barking and the noise, but it's all part of the show, you know. <laughs> we are here being natural, having, you know, a conversation as natural as possible. So those things happen when you have pets at home. And I wish you lots of success in your future endeavors and a great pet ahead. Thank you very Thank much, Fabi. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Pleasure.